Good evening, everyone. Hey, it's Saturday night. It's clubbing night, right? So this is supposed to be the clubbing crowd, like the lively crowd, right? So let's have a, a little fun, if you will. There's no need to get stuffy. My name is Mark. I get to go to church here every once in a while, like, I don't know, weekly or so. Um, but I am on the teaching team. I'm not on the table team. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do the table. So, or maybe it's as tall as it will get. So, uh, yeah. My name is Mark. I am on the teaching team and have done a. Uh, I've done a. Uh, oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Okay. No, that's good. So my sweet bride is right back here, Shauna. If you could just wave to everybody. <laughs> who you are. Yeah, that's her. Uh, she's also right here on my tablet right there. It's the day we got married. Yep. So this is me right here. So I've done a little bit of preaching in my day, and so I was asked to be a part of the teaching team. I hope you guys have paper Bibles with you tonight. I'm a paper Bible guy. I like paper Bibles. Uh, it'll help you, I think, tonight as you go along. So the title of this sermon is uh, called Walking uh, the Path to Christian Maturity. I know that maybe sounds kind of lame, but it'll, it'll work. Um, so every time I preach, I like to share a little bit about something about me. Um, so I don't know if you know this about me, but I learned how to, uh, to make human vocal cords in a Petri dish. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? The results speak for themselves. Come on. Saturday night clubbing crowd, right? Here we go. All right, so how about on that note, I pray, and then we'll dive into what we're going to talk about tonight. Father, thank you for this word that you have given me. I pray, Lord, that it would be a blessing, uh, not only to me, the one delivering, but every person hearing, whether sitting here or watching online tonight. Thank you so much, Lord God, for this book that teaches us so much about life and faith and all those kinds of things. Pray, Lord, you would use uh, it, these words, to help us on this walk towards being the kind of mature Christians and believers that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. So there's a fun little, like, uh, icebreaker question in a group that kind of goes something like, um, if you only had one book for the rest of your life, what would that book be? If you only had one book for the remainder of all time, would it be The Count of Monte Cristo? Would it be War and Peace? Or would it be Dr. Seuss, The Places We Go? Or my answer is the Bible. I would have, I would have the Bible. Uh, in, in particular, the 1984 NIV is the one that I would have, is my favorite. Man, I love the Bible. I dig the Bible. I mean, I just like everything about it. I like how it was formed, how it was put together. I like the languages, old and new. I like the authors. I like the stories. I like all sorts of things about it. I like the continuity. I like how there's 
there's ways that the Lord speaks through different kinds of authors to each one of us. I like that it's timeless, that it wasn't just this tome put together years and years and years and years ago, but instead it, it works for today. It works for all of us, amen? But one of the things that we forget about this book is that it was not written in English. So we have an Old Testament and we have a New Testament. The Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language. The New Testament was written in the Greek language. And what we forget about this book is that, is that these two languages that they were written in were like, were like ways that people communicated, right? They communicate love and life and they communicate story and they communicate passion, they communicate faith, they communicate how we live, they communicate uh, all sorts of different ideas. But the problem is that that language is, is not necessarily a one-for-one code. And, and you can have words in these other languages that do not translate into English. It's not like uh, the, this, this machine from the, the Enigma machine where you just punch in a word and, and another word pops out or like, like the Doug and Melissa super deluxe cork decoder that you type in a word and, a, and you know your word pops out. It's not like that. Instead, we have cliches and idioms and we have ideas that, that were normal for that group of people that spoke these languages, but they don't work for us. And so you have to, you know, kind of be flexible as you read and study to see how this, how, how it all works. So what we're going to do tonight is we are going to look at a very cool word that shows up in the book of Ephesians eight times. Now, what happened was I was doing a little bit of a Bible study in the book of Ephesians, and I kept noticing this particular word show up. And the interesting thing about it is that it is, it is a figurative word for an action. So this particular word uh, I remember it by this picture. So what do, what do we have right here, everybody? What, what, what do we have? Potatoes. potatoes. How, how many potatoes do we have? Two. two. What do we also call two? What is, not a couple, a pair. Yes, a pair. So, so what do we have here then? We have a pair, pair of potatoes, right? Okay, so our word that we are going to look at today is the word parapoteo. Parapoteo. Parapoteo, not parapoteo. Parapoteo. That's our word. Now, parapoteo is a verb. Shows up more than any other verb in this in the book of Ephesians. Now, I know I have to share all this nerdy stuff with you because that's my nature. I just I just love this. So the idea here is that this word is a compound word, peri and pateo. So peri means around, like perimeter, like measuring around. Uh, and pateo means to walk. Now, half of the times that this word is used, it is literally walk. 
It is usually translated walk. Jesus walked here. Jesus walked there. They walked here and there. But the other half of the times that it's used, it is used figuratively. Meaning like walk around, but those figurative uses are translated into like live and do. Conduct yourself. Even that verse in Peter where it says the devil roams, prowls around like a roaring lion. Prowls around is this word, parapeteo. So this word, parapeteo, shows up in this beautiful pattern in Ephesians that is, is a linear journey. And, it, and it, it's amazing because as I was asked to, to come preach and be on the team, this, this whole idea of, of come with me, I felt like it was a perfect picture of how we live our lives here on this planet. And in Ephesians, there is a place that tells us that we are to become mature. It says that the Lord gave some to be pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, to, to teach God's children, to teach the church, to equip the saints, to live like Jesus and become mature. So the whole, really the whole book is all about how to become mature. It's, it's a story of, of okay, here's, here's Jesus, here's what he, was, what he came here for, and then here's how you do it. But embedded in the book is this word, peripateo, that gives an amazing linear journey from, in, in our life with Christ. And it is actually very, very cool. So the very first idea in this story, in this path, is this idea of of walking in death. It's as if it's as if Paul pulls out a stack of pictures. And he says, this is what you used to look like in the past. One day you, you used, look at you here. This isn't very good. In Ephesians chapter two, he says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature Objects of wrath. So this very first use of this word is in verse two. In which you used to walk around. How you used to walk around. How you used to conduct yourself. How you used to do life. This is how you were. And Paul 
takes a picture. He says, hey, look, this is, that's how you used to walk around. That's how you used to do life. So what, what I find fascinating about this little idea is, did Paul do this intentionally? This is kind of the way my nerdy mind works. Did Paul do this on purpose? Did he bury this little idea in the book for some people maybe who wanted to not just skip over the words, but really see a nugget in there that, that absolutely truly helps. So this idea of walking around, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like a habitual way that you do life. Have you ever walked out into your garage and the lights are all out, but you know exactly where to put your hand to flip the switch on? Yeah? How about you're walking in your house and you don't have any lights on, but you know exactly where to turn because you know where the couch is and you know where the wall is? That's this kind of walking around. That's, so what Paul was saying was, look, when you were walking in death, that's how you did life. You, you didn't know any different. You just, you just walked around. You did life. That's just how you knew it to do it. The Lord was reminding me, I, I was on this missions trip to Mexico one time. And we were walking in the jungle. And the rule there is you, you get back to your house before dark in the jungle. Because there's jungle justice. You're nice to everybody because there could be a time where you might be walking on that trail and you may not make it home because maybe you upset somebody. But I remember walking behind this lady, no shoes on. She had feet like Bilbo Baggins. They were like really big and broad and wide to walk on the trail. But she had this massive like cargo thing like box or basket on her head. And it was really heavy. And when she was walking, she had to be very careful to make sure that, you know, she didn't get that thing off balance. But it wasn't like walking on this stage where everything was flat. It was hilly, rocks up and down. And it was so natural for, it was almost like she had everything, every step memorized on this trail from, from one village to another. That's peripateo. That's a, a way that you just you conduct yourself. It's, you just, it's natural to be a certain way. But Paul says, hey, look, you're, you're not going to stay this way. That's how you once were. Instead, chapter 2, verse 10, we become new creations. We are a new workmanship. We walk in a transformation. We don't walk the same way that we walked. We were one way, now we walk another. Very famous verse. Most of you have probably got this memorized. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know what? This is not correct. It should be this to do, not that to do. 
So this, it should, uh, sorry about this, everybody. Which God prepared in advance for us to walk around in. Okay? This is, I made a mistake here. We are God's workmanship. You are God's workmanship. This workmanship idea is a crown that is finely crafted for a king. Poema. There were these groups of men, poetes, who were creative with their hands and they could create things. And you are that created, created thing that God put together. You are this, you are this finely crafted created peace that is beautiful, that it adorns somebody. That's you. And Paul is saying, hey look, you used to be, you used to walk in death, but now you are a new creation. You are different. You're not, you're special. You're, 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 not, you're not that old anymore, that old thing Poema, that's, that's where we get the word poem from. Poema, we get the word poem from, from this word, this created, this created thing. And notice, I wish I, shoot, I wish that kind of messes this up because it kind of draws your mind back to that other to-do. But notice that we aren't created uh, to walk in the good works, we're created to walk out our life. There's, there's kind of the, the, the idea here that if you're good enough or you work properly, if you, if you work, for, you can like gain God's favor, but th- that's really not the idea here. The idea here is you were created to do those good works. Go walk in them. Walk around doing those good things. If you have your paper Bible, notice at the end of chapter three, there is a very specific break at the end of chapter three. There's like a benediction. Now to him who is able to do immeasurable more than all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever, amen. There's there's an amen right here. So, So it's like there's a stop in the middle of this book. There's like, a, there's like a dividing line right here. So if you look at it, the first part is all about doctrine and theology, who Jesus is, what he did, what he was all about, who our life, what our lives are, why we get, how we get saved, why we get saved, and all those kinds of things. But chapter four is, four, five, and six, is all about, there's that word, there's this. Four, five, and six is all about practice. Okay, you were created to do these things. All right, here's how you do it. Here's another really cool thing about this book. There are 41, there are 41 imperatives in the entire book. 41. One imperative is found in chapters one through three. 40 are found in chapters four, five, and six. Imperatives are the commands. Be this way. Do this. Do that. Be thoughtful. Be. A lot of, there's a lot of bees. If you go through and circle them, I've done that in my Bible. There's a lot of, be kind. Be forgiving. 
Those are all commands. They're, they're imperatives. They're, they're telling you how to live. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Side note, that was. So the next one is walking in your call. Now this verse really, this one really messes with me. Chapter four, verse one. It says, as a prisoner of of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So that's the NIV translation. The Mark translation is, I urge you to walk around. I urge you to do your life in a worthy way. So that worthy word really messes with me. That, it's like, I, I, I can't do that. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I can do that. Most of the time I feel like a, a heathen dog, a slime ball. A, you know, I, I sometimes, you know, I don't feel loved. I, I'm like with Neil, you know, it's like, man, I feel alone. I don't feel like I'm worthy But here's what I learned. This word worthy, you know how old time scales, you have the post in the middle and you have the bar and you have the the three chains and you have the plates? You know how you have those? And you could tell if something was balanced if if the plates were even, right? So what this worthy word means is to bring one plate up even with the other one. Balanced. So what he's saying is, man, I urge you, just just walk around balanced. Walk around like things are okay. Walk around even keeled. Don't be mopey and miserable, but walk around balanced. That helped me because the worthy word is, and that's, that's troubling for me sometimes. In this present context right here, this how you walk around, this call Friends, it's, it's, a, it's a general call to be how you are a Christ follower. It isn't a specific call like you're going to be a teacher or you're going to be a soil scientist or you're going to be a rancher. You're going to be, it, it, it's, it's a general call as a Christ follower how you are going to live your life. Because look at what's right after it. Be completely humble. Be gentle, be patient, bear with one another in love. Those are very general kinds of things that every one of us as Christ followers do. Are you hanging with me, everybody? Yeah, can I get a little nod from you? Can I get a Saturday night clubbing? Okay, good, 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 good. So walk around in your calling, walk around that it's obvious you are a Christ follower. Now, as you all know, sometimes in our lives, we have to circle back. 
We don't always get it right. We make mistakes. We have to, as they say, uh, walk around the mountain one more time. We have to learn the same lesson over again. We make a mistake that we have to do again. We have to, we have to learn. We have, like There's negative consequences for it. So what Paul says here in this one is don't go back. Don't go back. Don't walk in reverse. Chapter 4, verse 17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer walk around as the Gentiles walk around. Don't live as the Gentiles do in their futile way of thinking. So don't go back. He said, look, there's too much good stuff. You've been redeemed. You've been transformed. You've, you've, you're a new creation. You have a call on your life. Don't go back to what you used to look like. Don't do that. So there's a warning. There's a pair of potatoes warning here. And then what's interesting about this one, you know, if Paul can't say it once, he says it like, you know, a hundred times, just like the same way over and over and over again. So from, from that verse all the way down to verse 32, he it's like he repeats the same thing. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, don't go back. So I encourage you, if you want, to, to just go through that and read all those. We rem- we, what we need to remember is, is, that, is that we walk as Christ followers. And that shows up in the next three. The first one is we walk in love. Look at chapter five, verse two. I'll read verse one. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk around with a life of love, just as Christ loved, up, loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice for sin. Be, command, be an imitator of God. If you're an imitator of God, you're going to be a person who loves. And as a lover, we look out. We seek the highest good for those that we, that we love. Jesus did that. Jesus sought out how to show his love for us. He, he, did the, he did the most high good thing, I know that's bad grammar, that anybody could possibly do. Gave himself up for us. Jesus didn't, Jesus wasn't killed. Jesus gave himself to death for us. He wasn't killed. And I know that's a little bit of an interesting way to see it. But he voluntarily did what he did. It wasn't like he was just instantly just minding his own business and then all of a sudden, it was killed. No. He, he gave himself. 
up for us as a fragrant offering. The next one. Walking in light. Chapter 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk around as children of light. As you're doing life, walk around as children of light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Be that light. A way for me to remember this in my Bible, I carry, paper clipped, a 500 peso bill. When I got this bill, it was a 10 to 1 exchange rate. So it's 50 bucks. This is pretty, this is pretty valuable. Well, the value of the Mexican peso has diminished a bit, so it's really only worth about 20 to 25 now. I went to a pharmacy one day to get something, and the little pharmacy guy uh, took the bill and he held it up to the light, and he threw it back at me. I don't know. What's the Spanish word for counterfeit? Anybody know? Sean, can you look up on Google real quick? What's the Spanish word for counterfeit? DJ, what is it? Counterfeit. Falso, sure, falso. So, oh, by by the way, um, we're the family that has the Venezuelan family living in our in our house, which is awesome. So we so we use we use Google Translate for just about everything. Falsification. Oh, falsification. Falsification. I don't remember if that's what he said to me. I think gringo was attached to it somehow. <laughs> loco, loco gringo, yeah. So this is no good. So I traded good American dollars for a counterfeit quinientos pesos. Yeah, so I carry this around, and when I want to get mad, I just look at it and say, but what's the point, though? The point was, how did he test to see if it was authentic? He held it up to the light. And so I say, I ask the Lord every once in a while. I say, you know, hold me up to the light. What, what is what is falsification in, in me. What is, what is falso? What's fake? You know, what's not real? What is, what, where is there a, where's there a poser hiding there? Right here, you know? Where's there a poser hiding? Is this, fun for anybody else besides me this this do you guys see this can you am i painting a good enough picture how this word 
shows up like this, this journey, this, this becoming mature journey, you were once a slime ball. But you got, set, you, you got transformed. You have a call on your life. Don't go back to the slime ballness. Instead, walk in love, walk in light. And last one. Oops. Last one is walk in wisdom. 15, 515. Be very careful then how you walk around. Oops. Be careful then how you walk around. So it's kind of like, this is like his last shot with this idea. So he's, he's painted this picture all the way through. And, and at the very end, he says, cuidado, caution. Be careful how you walk around. And then he lets three, um, like, not dot, 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 but dot, dot, dots. Not as unwise, but as wise. Not foolish, but understanding what the Lord's will is. And then, not drunk, but filled with the Spirit. That's how we're supposed to walk around. That's how we're supposed to do life. Filled with the Spirit. So what we have here is this list. How do you become mature? And, and if I can say, none of us are there. This is a, this is a lifelong journey. Because once we think we've figured it out, the Lord throws us a curveball. Or life just throws us a curveball and we have to learn how to deal with it. Life before Christ, transformation, a balanced life, don't go back, walk in love, walk in light, walk in wisdom. Every one of us in this room are on this progression somewhere. Some of us in this room today, maybe you're still, you, you don't even like, you're, you're, at, you're still at one. You're still trying to figure this thing out. Why am I here? Why am I even in this building? What, who is God? I don't, I don't understand. And then as you progress through, some of us have been saved for a while. Yeah, we still have a problem with number four because we are human beings living on this planet and we make lots of mistakes. But hopefully we're listening to the Holy Spirit. We're allowing him to speak to us. And we are learning to walk in love, in light, in wisdom. But I would, I would contend every one of us are on this continuum somewhere. 
And so I think it's appropriate for us to not deceive ourselves, but say, you know, I maybe, maybe I've made some intentional decisions to backslide or do some things that I know that I shouldn't do. I'm a good sin manager. I know how to live my life in such a way and have this one little habit that I can control and not let overtake my life. Now we need to learn to give some things up. But the Lord wants us to journey to come with him on this path towards becoming mature. Amen. We are going to do something very different to close this service tonight. We have two microphones, correct, DJ? What I would like you to do, if you are a uh, brave soul, is pick one of these seven things. And what we're going to do is we are going to have seven people, seven of you, each of you, pray about a 30, 45 second, one minute prayer about each one of these things for all of us in this room. Very different. Okay? So we have two people with microphones. Uh, if you want to be the person to pray for this first item, then lift your hand up and we'll get the microphone to you after we hear amen. Then we'll go to number two. And then we'll go to three, and then four, five, six, seven. Does everyone understand what we're doing? Yeah? Okay, good. And then when we're done, I'll say a quick prayer, and then we're free to go. Because we all need to journey and become mature in Christ. So, who wants to pray number one? Thank you, Lord, that for all that you have done for our lives, Lord God, for those of us that have accepted you into our hearts, Lord God, and Lord, help us not to look back on who we were before we knew you, Lord God, but to venture forward in all that you have called us to do, Lord, and to walk in your mercy and grace and to believe and know that you are real, God, and that you have a call in our life and that you have a purpose for our life, that we would never feel alone and we would never feel discouraged, Lord, because you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You will never leave us or forsake us, Lord God. And we thank you for who you are, Lord God, and that we are no longer the people that we were. And we claim that and believe it as a group in Jesus' name.
number two. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for what you've done for us, and I pray that we'd be transformed by the renewing of our minds, and that we would trust that what you have prepared for us is way better than the life we were living before, um, and that it seems scary surrendering to you, but um, I've experienced that what you have planned is always better than what I could have even imagined. Amen. And I uh, just pray that we would all take the, have the faith to trust in you that um, you would transform us into something better, not worse. Amen. Number three. Heavenly Father, we know that having a balanced life means having multiple things in it and finding balance through your leadership and your word and and listening to the spirit and just finding the things that are really important out of all the distractions in our life and all the important things in our life. So Father, please help us that we will find that balance on a daily basis and that you will help us lead it through it. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Lord God, I just pray for a steadfast spirit um, in everybody here to continue to pursue your face even when life throws many trials at us, Lord, and the enemy comes to tempt us. Um, God, I pray that you will keep us physically far from Egypt, Lord, that you would keep us from those things that we once walked in and those places and those people that we once walked with, that you would keep us from those temptations, but God, that you would also keep us from the Egypt that once lived inside of each of us, um, the ways that we think, the ways that we speak, and God, that you would guard our minds and guard our mouths in Christ Jesus and um, let all of it be honoring to you and allow us to walk confidently in that. Number Jesus, thank you for your example of how we're supposed to walk around in this life and how we're supposed to love on people that might get under our skin or ruffle our feathers, Lord. Um, you were the best example of that, dealing with the Pharisees and speaking truth and walking that tightrope between truth and grace. And that example of holiness, that it's not just this mysterious attitude, but mysterious spirit, but it is, it's displayed in our attitude and in our actions. So God, I pray over all of us in this room and people online, Lord, that God, that you would help us to follow the example of your son, to walk in love, true Amen. love, that Amen. agape love. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
Lord, I pray that uh, as we uh, walk out these doors and into our everyday lives, pray that uh, it would uh, continue being, uh, we would continue and will always be your light, uh, shining your light, reflecting your light uh, in our everyday lives and uh, well, that's hard to do sometimes, but uh, thank you for loving us and being able to shine a light in us as meant to be shared. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you that we don't walk alone. Thank you that you've promised that you'll walk with us, that you'll parapateo with us. And Father, remind us that you're always present, that you don't just walk with us, but you walk in us. Remind us that, like Jesus, we can walk out the life that you are living through us. Continue to give us the wisdom and open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to that ongoing conversation with you that reminds us to walk this way. In Jesus' name. Would you all uh, assume this position where you hold your hands out in front of you with your palms down, please? Father, we intentionally empty ourselves <laughs> of things that we should not be holding on to. Father, we release and let things fall away from us that are keeping us from knowing you keeping us from fully walking in the maturity that you want us to walk in, keeping us from coming with you. Father, we release those things. Now go ahead and flip your hands over, palms up. Father, I pray now, Lord, that you would fill each one of us with the power of your Holy Spirit. You tell us, not to be drunk on wine, but to be drunk on the Spirit. <laughs> yes. We receive that, Lord. And I ask, Lord God, that you would fill each one of us with every perfect and good gift that we need to represent you well as we walk around. So, Father, regardless of where we are on this continuum, on this linear path, which goes on every day, whether we're young or old. Father, I know that you're inviting us to come with you, to come with you on this journey. And that has been so eloquently stated already. You, you are there with us. You don't, you don't just run ahead. You're, you walk beside. You are our paraclete. 
And so, Lord, fill us up with what we need to walk around well. We love you tonight. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen.